Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Catch Fire Podcast. My name is Pastor Al, and I'm so excited about our program today. But before we get to our guests, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. We've been building up our subscribers every week, and people are tuning in from all over the United States and even from other countries, and we're getting a great response with Catch Fire. You know, when you subscribe, you become a part of this community, and uh, it really helps us to be able to boost the podcast and get it on more timelines, and also... We're broadcasting this on Spotify, on Apple Music, and pretty soon we're going to be on iHeartRadio. So you can tune in audio, you can tune in video, and we also ask you to leave a comment and give us some ideas because, you know, we're bringing in top ministry voices, business voices, media voices, and even entertainers. So we've already recorded a number of shows that we're going to be premiering in our next season and upcoming and so we're excited about some of the things that we're discussing when it comes to leadership, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to revival. I mean, there's just so many, there's so many things we talk about on Catch Fire. And, and we always say there's no limit to what we can talk about because there's no limit with the Holy Spirit. So listen, subscribe and share this uh, program with some friends or people that you know, people that you think it's going to help. So uh, thanks for subscribing and being a part of this Catch Fire community. But listen, today I am so excited because we have someone that's very, very special, uh, not only to our podcast and to our ministry, but someone that's very special to me. He's not only my pastor, he's my brother, and he's here with us today. Pastor Sonny Argonzoni Jr. is on Catch Fire. Sonny, what's going on, man? Having a good time, spending time with you this weekend. Yeah, man. It was great. We had a great service yesterday, didn't we? It was powerful. The anointing was so strong, so thick. The Holy Spirit showed up in such a great way, and people were touched. They were blessed, and they were imparted to. Oh, man, we always love when you come down to San Diego because you're, you're in the L.A. area. You're in Chino, and we don't always get to get have you and Kim, but you guys came down this weekend, and um, God just used you in a mighty way yesterday in the service, man. He always does every time you come. And Thank so you. hopefully you felt good. Oh, I felt great. I felt at home. I feel like we are, we have such a kinship because we've grown up together. Right. Grown up in ministry together. Yeah. And we have the same spirit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. You know, we, uh, it's like a Caleb and Joshua feel. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, we just love having you down and... um you know, we stepped out to do this uh, podcast, man, and, you know, like, times have changed. I remember uh, when we started in media years and years ago, uh, we, we've, we've had TV programs, uh, yes. we've had uh, radio programs, yep. uh, we even had a magazine. Yeah. I remember uh, we had a magazine called Gang Life Magazine back in the days, yep. and I actually interviewed you. Yeah. And... Uh, but now it's like an internet age, you yeah. know, and I think yeah. we're doing all we can to be able to continue to reach our generation. But what do you think about podcasting and what do you think about the internet and social media and all this stuff? I think that's the wave of the future. Yeah. I think it's the wave of the future. I think a lot of internet could be used for the wrong reasons, for mm -hmm. bad reasons, right. and um, for for show. Yeah, right. But I think when it's it has a purpose, yeah, like right. I believe this podcast does, Catch Fire, just, it's in the name. Yeah. Catch fire, and I believe catch fire of God, catch fire of the yes. Holy Spirit. That's right. Absolutely. When you catch his fire, you're on the right track. Absolutely. You're filled to do something great for his glory. Like we always say in our ministry, once you've been born in the fire, you can't settle for the smoke, right? Exactly. And that's how we were saved. Yeah, exactly. We were born in revival. Yeah. Born to, into revival. I remember doing Gang Life TV. Yeah. Very shy and timid at that time. It was very hard for me to do it. Right. It was live. Yeah. Live audience. Yeah. Live band. 
It was like a real, real show, and it went a long way. Oh, it was a syndicated program. Syndicated. It went all over the world. Yes, right. and they, they kept playing it even after 10 years. Yeah. Kept playing it everywhere. I would go, the people say, hey, you're from Gang Life. Yeah. Even though I was a little older at that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was a hit. Yeah. And also our Gang Life radio program. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know what Gang stands for, it stands for God's Anointed Now Generation. Yeah. That's what it stands for. You know, it's funny. Uh, I had a, a friend on podcast a few weeks ago by the name of Adam Durso from New York City mm -hmm. and uh, when we were uh, Georgie and I were doing the training center back in those days in the late 90s early 2000s he had a youth ministry called Youth Explosion and they had like a revival breakout there were about a thousand young people but what's amazing is that we had our own revival yeah in Los Angeles right. with you with the gang God's anointed now generation and maybe you could kind of give people a little bit of background about what was taking place in those days. I mean, yeah. you became the youth pastor, mm -hmm. and at that time there was only about 30 young people, right? Yeah, like 20. Went down to like 20 young people. And it's the first thing I did was get a team around myself. Right. People that could compliment what I was not good at or right. people I couldn't reach. Right. And it popped up to like 70 something in one week time just because of the change that was made. Yeah, absolutely. And from there it began to progress and we ended yeah. up in close to a thousand in the yeah. local setting. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, we were stretching out to all regions, Victory yeah. Outreach and beyond. Did crusades, yeah. big crusades with our plays, Cry of the Young, you're a part of. Oh, we were packing out stadiums. Yeah. We had different stadiums, stadiums we were exactly. packing out. I remember we did a drama at a racetrack in Bakersfield. It was like 20,000 people there. I mean, yeah. we were doing some really big things for the Lord at that time. And, and I really look back at those times, and I could really say that it was like revival. It was revival with our generation, wasn't and it? And then we had these huge concerts, and we had people lined up to get into the building. Right. We had like two or three showings, oh, yeah. and it was a move of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, it was, it was a revival. Yeah, and it was powerful. I remember you would bring in different people to preach, like Nikki Cruz, or just different uh, people from other ministries that would come in and preach, and they would just get blown away by what they were witnessing because it wasn't ordinary church young people. It wasn't like ordinary church kids where. You know, I when I got saved, I, I, I wasn't raised in church. You know, I, I didn't know anything about church or the things of God. And a lot of my generation, we came to the house of God because we felt something there on gang night, on youth night, that we had never felt before, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. I mean, it was a lot of different types of young people, wasn't it? It sure was. And people were actually coming from different denominations yeah. to see what we were doing. Right. I remember having a guest speaker that came, and he was uh, Anglo, he was a white guy. Anglo, huh? Anglo is not even the word to use. Anglo. He was just white. Let's okay. just say he was a white guy. He was white guy. <laughs> but he was a national national leader for a major denomination. Right. And uh, I invited him to come. And I had, first I had him speak. Yeah. <laughs> and he couldn't keep the attention of our inner city youth. Mm. He didn't have the catch fire. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. he had good words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he didn't have the the, the fire like, that he need, that he needed. The connection know. wasn't the connection. That's right, the right word. Right. The connection, and then so he went to the point to just to get their attention. He put his finger in his nose. Oh, he did. <laughs> At a retreat. Oh, I don't no, know if you remember that. No, I don't, I don't think I was at that. You one. weren't saved. No, yet. no, no. Okay, <laughs> so I looked at him. I go, man, I'm not going to shake his hand after this. One. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not. a good one. But yeah. that means he was so desperate to get their attention, get the connection, right. but he couldn't. He but, didn't have that special anointing that God has given. No, our but I think also time. too is like people had never seen anything like that yeah. before. I mean, we had young people that were in gangs. Mm -hmm. Some were coming out of juvenile hall. Some of them were, were coming off drugs. And um, church kids along with them. High school dropouts and church kids. Mm -hmm. It was like this dynamic mix. It, that's why I say it was like revival because it was like the book of Acts. It was like all different 
types of people from different backgrounds and and it wasn't just uh from that city Mm -mm. but we began to reach young people all over the la area right and then beyond yeah into other cities another thing he told me the same guy he he, then i had him speak on a on a wednesday night right and he saw our church setting right and he says you have levels (laughs) yeah (laughs) he goes i wrote a book about this but we haven't seen it done in our denomination basically I was ahead of him as far as in producing. Right, right, Not right. I, right. but we were ahead. Of course, right. And we had levels of discipleship. Right. We had level one, level two, level yeah, three. Right, right. It's different. They call them tiers now. Right. It was in place. And so we had young people rising up, become a disciple, become leaders right. for the future and for the now. And I think the key word is, like you said, discipleship. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it wasn't just an audience, but we raised up an army. Yeah. And many of the young people, including myself, and I, I gave my life to the Lord when I was 19 uh, and I got launched out when I was 23 years old mm-hmm. to New York, to the East Coast. And um, uh, many of our uh, young leaders are now pastoring today mm-hmm. and they're helping to lead this movement all over the world. Yes. And it all began mm-hmm. right there. And it yeah. wasn't like a bubble gum. I remember, I remember we used to say, you know, this is not pizza party. You're right. You know, no. this is not a bubblegum youth ministry. I mean, we, we preach the word, yes. we preach fire. and. We had prayer meetings. Yes. We would have all night prayer meetings and early morning prayer meetings, 5 a.m. I mean, Mm -hmm. I reflect to those times. And when I look at our church here in San Diego, we kind of still model Mm -hmm. after a lot of the things that we did at that time. Yes. Yeah. And that time, too, they interviewed me with Christianity Today. Mm -hmm. And they're asked, because at that point, too, a lot of people are using a method that I don't agree with. They were having dance parties. Okay. Dance parties and open bar, but not with alcohol. Okay. You know, mixed drinks, but not yeah. alcohol. Mocktails. Yeah, mocktails, whatever they call it. <laughs> so they called me and they asked me, what do I think of that? Right. And I said, well, we don't compromise. No. We don't. I believe that's a gateway to the world. Absolutely. If you're trying to keep, why would they want to stay in a church and do that when they could go into the real Well, deal? someone like me. <laughs> or if you came coming, in. Coming out of the lifestyle that yeah, I came out of, it's like. like yeah to me it was corny exactly like what am i why am i faking it when i could just do the i just came out of the real thing right why am i gonna fake it i mean we we were so desperate for change sonny i mean when we came to the lord and we walked through the doors of victory outreach we came from broken families we came from broken marriages um divorce and addiction and family members in and out of prison mm-hmm. i mean i could tell you that at 19 years old when i walked into that wednesday night youth service I was tired. I was finished. Mm. I mean, I was done. I mean, doing drugs and getting high from the age of 12 years old. Mm-hmm. That by the time I'm 19, I was done, man. I was ready for change. And, and I wasn't the only one. Mm-hmm. I wasn't yeah. the only one. Yeah. Well, it's happened to me, too. At 19 years old, um, I was tired, too. And right. I realized my life could be taken at any, any time. Right. A month after I got saved, three of my good friends that would hang out with me all the time, um, and they weren't gang members. They were jocks. They were guys that just party, drink, right. drink beer, hang right. out. They were uh, at In and Out on the way uh, at In and Out. At In and Out, they got into a, fight. a little fight right. with gang members from another city. Right. But they weren't gang members. But they were strong guys. Right. So after they broke that up, on the way back on the street, they ended up next to each other on the right. street. They looked at each other. They got out of the cars, and they started fighting. Our guys fought with their fists. These guys fought with their knives. Right. And so one guy got stabbed in the chest. This yeah. close to his heart, yeah, went deep. Almost died. The other yeah. one got stabbed in the back. Mm-hmm. He lost four pints of blood. Yeah, and then instead of being with them a month prior, I got saved. Right. I feel like God rescued me. 
Yeah. Because I could have been the one killed that night. Absolutely. You know what's interesting about that story is I was actually there that night. You were there. I <laughs> saw it. Yeah. I was a young kid and I was there. We were at that in and out. Yeah. It was hundreds of people out there. I think growing up in L.A. in the 90s was a whole different type of thing. You know, you had the L.A. riots. You had mm -hmm. a lot of violence. Many of our friends had been shot or killed or, or locked up. I was stabbed in the chest at 17 mm -hmm. years old. Mm -hmm. um, we, we were just violent. We just lived in the streets. So yeah. to hear the message of the gospel and to come into a youth ministry where you was not ordinary, where you saw when you when we walked into gang night or youth night, which people may not understand what gang is, and we'll get to that in a minute, but into our youth night, what made it unique is that we saw people there like us, mm -hmm. people that came out of the same lifestyle, the same background, had some of the same problems. Mm -hmm. But the difference was what I felt and what I saw was joy, mm. a joy on their life that mm. the world didn't provide. Didn't it. provide. I mean, no matter how much alcohol you drank or how many drugs yeah. you took, you know, it wasn't lasting. Right. But to see them drug-free, alcohol-free, oh, man, I mean, yeah. that, that, and I always tell my church, when I came to Victory Outreach, I wasn't looking for a church, I was looking for people. Mm. I was looking for power. Because yeah. the friends that I had in the world they didn't have power, mm. you know, they had the world's power. But when I came to the house of God, they had the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And when I walked through the doors of the church, that's, that's what got me. But to see people just like myself from my background, yes. and then you're preaching <laughs> an anointed message and God's using you with all of your, you know, your issues and your timidity and the things that, you know, you're experiencing as a young leader. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it, it's all God, man. Yeah, it had to be. I had to fully depend on God. Meanwhile, I was going to Bible school, and I was preaching messages. Uh, if they know that means topical, is the easier one. Right. That means you pick the points. Yeah, right. Right from Bible. And there's textual. We get a text. You right. read from that. Right. Like John 10, for instance. John 10, 10. Right. And then I even did expository. Right. Which is verse by verse by verse. I was trying to test out my what I'm learning at school. Yeah, yeah. But it was a challenge with well, young I, people. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. <laughs> I, fell asleep. I think I fell asleep on that sermon. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was doing so good, but it developed yeah. my skill right. set. Because if you can preach to young people of those backgrounds, right. keep their attention somehow, right. well, it's only the power of the Holy Spirit Absolutely. that's able to make that happen. And I remember your message real clear. And it still rings in my heart, rings in my mind. We're not the next, we're not the X, but we're the now. Yes. And uh, the X is significant. You know, I'm reading a book called The Fourth Turning. It's about the history of America. It's kind of like a secular prophetic book, but it talks about the X generation being the 13th generation in the United States mm -hmm. and how that X generation, and, and you would preach all the time, nothing good was supposed to come out of our generation, right? right? Mm -hmm. And you began to speak life into yeah. this X generation, mm -hmm. which was my generation, and, and we saw great things happen. Yeah, that was the thing that God gave me because um, I was hearing it too much. It was coming negativity, coming my right. way all the time, I think. And God spoke to me and said, you got to lead through this. Right. You got to raise this generation up. Right. I called you by my name. Right. You got to be my voice for this generation. Right. And so on a conference morning, when I, I was just began to preach, and I said, we're not the ex. We're not the new. We're not, we are the now. That's right. Not wait till next year. You're now That's to right. get saved. You're right. now to catch the call. Absolutely. 13, 15, 17, 19, whatever age you are. Yeah. Now's your time. And we were preaching like at, at we, we had young preachers, 13 yeah. year old preachers, 15 year old preachers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was 19 
I had a, a Bible study, a life group. I was preaching. We were doing dramas. We were going out. We were yeah. evangelizing. I mean, there's so many layers to what was taking place at that time. Yeah. And it really was like a, a real, real genuine revival in our generation. And um, I, I really believe that God used you to bridge. Because at that time in our ministry, um, we were losing a lot of our young people, weren't we? Yes. They were, you couldn't really relate because it was one type or one or two types, right. inner city types. You got the gang members, like right. literally gang members. Right. Or they called them cholos at the time. Right. They even called us the Cholo Church at right. the time. Right. And because it started in East LA. Right. And then there was people that came from all those backgrounds, tattooed down, dressed completely different than we did from a right. different part of town. Right. And so we didn't fit in. We were like kind of misfits. And then the PKs and church kids didn't fit in. Okay. Preachers' kids. Yeah, because they were never out in the street. Yeah. Though. But they would look and they would say, how, "How could I fit into this ministry? What's my future in this ministry?" Absolutely. And so. I didn't even feel like it was my future either, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah. But then, God showed me just be do it Jesus style. Don't try to dress like them. Don't try to talk like them. Even right. though I did try, and it came yeah. out corny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't genuine. Just, he told me, Jesus, you know, Jesus wasn't a prostitute. Of course, he couldn't be that. He wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't. You know, a all gang these different member, things. He wasn't all those things. Right. But he loved them. Right. And he he rescued them. Right. With the words of life. Right. And I, I think. When I think of you and, and how you answer God's call upon your life, God really used you as a spearhead to break open territory, break open that ground for us to find our place in the ministry. And through that, God raised you up. And um, now you've been pastoring Victory Chino, which is the Mother Church of Victory Outreach. Yeah. Um, the very first church started by your dad, yes. my father-in-law, our founder, Pastor Sonny, and Sister Julie. Mm -hmm. And uh, you've been pastoring now with your wife, Kim, for 24 years. Yeah. Now, maybe you can explain to us what makes Victor H. Chino, the mother church, so special. I believe uh, it was the beginnings, the very beginnings, and we honor our beginnings. We honor our legacy from the very beginning because I grew up in it. Right. I was two years old when, you know, after it started, 1967. So I, w I grew up in the ministry. I grew up in the men's and women's homes, living with them. Right. And and then knowing that every pastor and leader came out of that church in the first generation. Yeah, right. And then in the second generation. Right. And then also uh, that, you know, through the years, we got to honor our, the Bible says, honor your mother and your father. Yes. In this case, honor your mother church. Yes, right. Yeah, because yeah. without that mother church, right. none of the kids would be born. Very true. And so that's why we honor our founders, right, my yeah. parents. Right. We never forget that. They're the founding pastors of this church. Right. And we want to build upon their legacy. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's important. It's and, and the vision of Victor Outreach began in a housing project in East L.A. Yeah. Where, where Pastor Sonny and Julie were bringing in men off the street who were addicted. Some of them were coming out of prison, opened up their home, and uh, begin to preach to them, minister to them. Right. They gave their life to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And from a humble beginning... Now our ministry, I believe we're in over 40 countries. Yeah, right? over 40 countries. Over 40 mm -hmm. countries. We're almost on every continent of the earth. Um, we have, a, I think, 600 the ministries. The only continent we're not on is Antarctica. There you go. <laughs> and well, I don't you know, know if saying, anyone's called to maybe, go to Antarctica. Maybe, maybe you could go there. <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, we'll I, I like San Diego. <laughs> I like the weather in San Diego. I'm good Population here. of about 25 people. I don't there know. you go, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. God has really uh, expanded our ministry all over the world. 
and, and not only expand our ministry around the world, but expand it from generation to generation to generation. We're, we're now, after 50 years, 50, 55 years, 55 years yeah. of ministry, mm -hmm. we're into our fourth generation. Yes. Where now our children are serving the Lord, mm -hmm. and some of them are even serving in the ministry at a young age. Yes. And uh, it really is a miracle. It really is the hand of God upon our ministry. Mm -hmm. Because God has given us a promise from the very beginning. Maybe you can share the yeah. promise that God has given us. Well, the pro first promise was Isaiah 45, 2 and 3. And I'll just give you a nutshell. I'll give you the treasures out of darkness. Sure. You know, and treasures out of darkness indicates people that were stuck in bondage. Right. They were stuck out there in the world. And God gave my dad that promise when he was about to quit the ministry. Mm -hmm. He got the promise, and he stuck to that promise. He didn't get immediate results. Right. He held on to the promise oh, he held until, on, the, until it came to And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. <laughs> it was not easy. I mean, he, the first church or the mother church was a, what we call a, a, it was a holy church. Holy church. Come yeah. On. Had holes in the floors, holes in the walls, a TV for the pulpit. <laughs> yeah, he talks about the TV set. Like, and he yeah. had holes in his shoes, too. Yeah, someone gave him a pulpit, <laughs> yeah. but it was made out of an old TV set. Yeah. So he would get behind the pulpit, and, and they would see, see the TV, too. Yeah. People That's on the outside didn't see it, but on the inside, when the guest speakers would come, they go, oh, what's this here for? Absolutely. But it was very, you know, very... Uh, humble. Humble. Humble being. That's people, the word. And people didn't believe yeah. that anything good could come out of the inner city. You know, we don't have the resources, we didn't have the finances. Yeah. But look at us today. Yeah. We're podcasting. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the promises are true. So right. that first promise. Absolutely. The second promise, Isaiah 54, 2 and 3, you know, I won't give you the whole thing, but for you shall expand to the right and to the left. Yes. In verse 3, you sh your descendants shall inherit or Dispossess nations. Dispossess nations, right. You know, make, make the deficits inhabited. Right. And that scripture didn't make sense at the beginning because mm -hmm. we were just in a ghetto. Pioneering. My dad was pioneering. Oh, yeah. That didn't make sense yet. Right. Taking nations. You know, then St. Louis Street, which is the second building they had, started to develop. The first time we really ventured in, I think it was in 1985 when we started a church in Amsterdam. Yeah. And that was the beginning of taking a nation. Right. You know, and even now we're still in Amsterdam. Yeah. We're opening up a training center. Yeah. In Amsterdam. So actually the promises are being fulfilled. The second promise is mm -hmm. in motion. Ever since United We Can in 1993, when we had a conference, right. he presented a dollar a day. Mm -hmm. And if you give a dollar a day, this is what this pen stands for. If you can see it right mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Is people that give toward world missions. Absolutely. And now we're expanding right. in an accelerated pace. Yes. And so we're still moving forward and our founders are still on fire. They've, they've caught the fire years ago and they still have the fire today. It's kind of hard to keep up with them. I know. Even in their 80s. Yeah, they're in their 80s in and their they're 80s. still marching on, taking the yeah. world. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, you being the pastor of the Mother Church, um, like going back to that question, in your, in your heart and your mind, what makes it so special other than it being the first church? What makes that church so special? To me, I think it, it's a legacy that I want to continue with, with what God gave my, my parents and, and the vision. And also, I feel... We need to be a church that models. That's good. That models um, what God wants to do now and what He wants to do in the future. Mm -hmm. Model in quality. Yeah. Model in, in worship. Right. Model in evangelism. Model right. in discipleship. Right. Model in all the core ministries of, right. of uh, youth, and kids, and right. all these different ministries that right. we have. Um, and that's what I try to do. Right. I try to be the strongest giving church. Yeah. To be a model. And I think as a mother church, we've always kept that over the years, even through our transitions that we've been through. Right. Um, somehow God has provided and right. you know now we're in a building that we built from the ground up right um, 10 years ago we're celebrating 10 years in our new building and God is growing through church once yeah. again and yeah. we are continuing to be a launching pad right and to be a model for the future absolutely that's yeah. beautiful man
you know, I, last night you were talking a little bit about about revival and um, beholding the Lord, and um, you know, we're, we've been leaning into revival for a few years. Now. I mean, you know, once you're born in revival, it's hard to get away from it. Right. And you know, we, you know, revival is not always in the big meetings, but it's in the daily practice of serving the Lord and yeah. the daily practice of prayer and and, mm -hmm. and and reading His Word and discipleship and planting churches and all the different things that we're involved in. Right. Um, what are you believing for when it comes to revival in our movement? I believe we talked about acceleration. I mm -hmm. think I think now's the time because we're living in the end times. Right. End times. Everyone says end times in their generation, but really, violence is getting worse. Right. Drug addiction is getting worse. Um, our governments aren't getting any better. No. You know, in, at least in our country, um, there's chaos all over the place. Mass shootings, uh, school shootings, right. I mean, tragedy after right. tragedy after tragedy. Right. Uh, and they're blaming the guns. They're blaming the government. They're blaming everything. But it's really the evilness of the devil. Well, I go say, you know, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. Yeah. You know, I, when we work with our city officials here and they ask me, what's the answer to, to, to drugs? What's the answer to gang violence? And I, and I always tell them, I say, you know, San Diego doesn't have a crime problem. It doesn't have a drug problem. It has a sin problem. Mm. And what we need to begin to is is call people back to repentance yes to give their heart to jesus the way we did when we first got saved and we denounced that old life and we denounced hate and anger and violence i mean uh we had to not just turn get saved and be forgiven but we had to turn and the bible says you know if my people are called by him will humble themselves but this is the part turn sure. from yeah. their wicked ways that's the part we forget yeah because we want to humble ourselves and want to be forgiven but nobody wants to turn yeah and when we turn right then i'll that's hear what, from heaven. that's then, then you'll hear from heaven so mm -hmm. we need we need to turn we need to turn back to god turn back to the cross yeah. turn back to our god-given purpose and yeah. and I, I don't know what do you think i think it's a 180 degree turn yeah and it without excess of compromise i mean people suffer from bits of compromise but the more the compromise leaves you right. and the more holiness that comes in, right. the more power and the more fire comes upon you yeah. to be a real strong witness with credibility. That's good. I think we lose our credibility when we compromise too much right, right. or we mess around or we, you know, right, you right, idle, right. idle talk or right. gossip. Right. That's where internet could get in trouble too. Absolutely. People go on the bad things and they start doing <laughs> negative stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where you're using it for the enemy. Right. You know, okay. but when you use it for positive, like you're doing here. Right. That's what makes a difference in people's lives because yeah. it's an inside-out job, not an outside-in. Well, I said if we're going to be on the internet, might as well take over, man, preach yeah. the gospel. You know, I, I think with the church today, and, and maybe not, you know, I, I would just say in the body, the big C church, is that we've tried to identify with the world so much that we started to carry the identity of the world. Mm -hmm. And we've lost, we've blurred that line. Right. And so when you blur that line, you lose the power. You lose the conviction, you lose the anointing, mm -hmm. and it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. It's the anointing yeah. that changes people, right? And right, that's what that's changed right. us. And I think another thing too, you could have a, a real big mega church, right, with a lot of compromising Christians, right, right, because it's an entertainment place. It's a some, yeah. in some cases like a preaching center. Yeah, right. pre it becomes a personal personality driven church. Yeah, right. With no real discipleship, no, no, no real, you know, reaching the world. Right. The Bible says, "Go make disciples of all nations." Absolutely. Right. It doesn't say. It wasn't a question. It was a yeah. command. Well, then also, too, sometimes big churches are not really winning souls. They're just transferring people. That's another point. So yeah. other churches, smaller churches, struggling churches, mm -hmm. 
uh, those people start going to the bigger church because of the quality and these types of things. Yeah. But, and there, I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as there's going to be a conviction. Yeah. And there's going to be a discipleship plan. Yeah. I think that's so important. I think that's very important. And it's, it's a harder way to build, especially if you have the greatest music, the greatest speaker and all that stuff. But if it, if you start preaching commitment too much, right. it may blow some people out. Even Jesus had to do that. Absolutely. You know, you know, many are called, but few are chosen. <laughs> he, he shrunk his crowd. He shrunk his crowd because <laughs> he wanted to build for the future. Right. To reach nations. Absolutely. When he went to be with, with his father, mm-hmm. he says, I give you a command. Absolutely. And, and he, he had only 12 or 11 at that time. Then they added another right, one. 12. Right, right, And from there, revival began. I was reading a statistic the other day, and I've been kind of mentioning it in referring to you the last few times you've been together that 90% of people who get involved in the ministry don't last more than 10 years. Mm-hmm. They say the average pastor doesn't pastor church more than five years. Right. So I think that puts both of us like in the 1% of yeah. the statistics. And I remember they told me that, told us that in Bible college, the right. first year in orientation, right. they said at that time it was seven years. Okay, seven the, years. As long as you can, they only last seven years and then they drop out. Drop out, At right. that time. Right, that was yeah. I think it's gotten, but it's probably sh- got worse. It's shrunken down. Whatever, yeah. I don't know. More challenging but it is. It, yeah, the times that we're in, it, it's a lot of work. People don't understand what we do and the pressures that come from the Well, enemy. they think we don't work. That's it. Yeah, they it, don't. We, I mean, we golf and eat at nice <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> yeah, but we do a lot of work with people. People, the hardest work in ministry is people. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone said, I love the ministry, but I don't like the people. Yeah. I mean, I was in, was, I was in Bible school. One of our teachers said, she goes, two things are, are hard about ministry, people and Sundays. <laughs> That's pretty funny, yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, it's funny, you know, that's what Catch Fire is about, to talk about the real things. You yeah. know, I think, I think you know, um, we can't be so shrouded. We, we've got we've to be real about what we're facing and what we're dealing with, especially as leaders, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes there's people watching and and they want to hear real talk. They want to hear, like, what what's really going on? How, how do I make it in this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we're in a time right now, like a big buzzword coming out of COVID is, like, the great resignation. Mm. You know, you have people that are changing careers and making all these major adjustments in their life. And, mm. and, and even in the church, some people are saying, you know, well, um, you know, this is where I get off and this is where my journey ends. Mm. And, and uh, they want to kind of go for less commitment. And they, yeah. But at the same time, you know, uh, and you've said it, we've all heard this, is that the church is one generation away from death mm-hmm. at all times. That's a good point. You know, the Bible yeah. says that there, after Joshua, there was a generation that rose that did not know the works of the Lord and the miracles that right. he had done for Israel and how we're in a time right now where we have to be intentional yeah. about discipling yes. this next generation and imparting into them not only the vision but the values the principles yes. the things that are going to help us to make it over the long haul maybe you could speak into some of yeah, that. yeah I think a lot of it has to do with keeping the commitment level high mm-hmm. and also um the principles and values are all based out of the Word of God. Well, we sure. talk about it all the time. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. But it needs to be instilled in this generation. There's a very, they're very talented. They're very smart. But they also need that foundation to be strong. Absolutely. In the Lord. Absolutely. Not in the abilities, you know. Well, I remember when I first got saved, you know, you were really on me about <laughs> the Word and about yeah. being solid theologically and um, you really had a heavy conviction about that. And I remember you yeah. really drove that in. I remember it was even a time where I was kind of floundering in Bible school and you called me and you yelled at me on the phone. I did. Yeah, and I started, <laughs> to, I started to cry. No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> no, I mean, you were just so passionate about yeah. us finishing yeah. and, and being serious about our education and the things of God and, and growing and expanding ourselves. And I could tell you that, you know, it's a conviction in my life today because it was a conviction that you imparted mm. into us uh, when we first got saved. And it was just, it wasn't just me, it was many people. So yeah. I think that's the difference. And this generation, there's the internet also is going to be an issue too, where they get everything from different preachers outside right. and they don't have a real foundation. Right. They don't know what to sift out, Right. what, what, what to uh, filter. Absolutely. Because if you don't have a foundation, you don't know, okay, this is, this is off. This is off. Right. This is, and you begin to take. Well, the Bible says we have to test. Yeah. Test. We have to test the teaching. We have to test test the theology, test yeah. the word, right? But more than ever, there's so much information out there. Absolutely. And if you don't have a solid foundation, you could take something from a whole different doctrine and put it in a sermon and preach it because you never went to school for right. it. Right, and you don't understand it. You don't understand it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it really is a different time. And uh, even, um, uh, you know, with podcasts like this, we want to do our best to try to uh, lead people on the right path and mm -hmm. keep them... And, and what, what, I, what I say, it's very simple. You know, there's five pillars to discipleship. Yeah. Prayer, the word, servanthood, evangelism, and then a fun one, fellowship. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. those yeah. are the five pillars to evangelism. And if we can get prayer right, get the word right, mm -hmm. if we can serve, win souls, and have a good time doing it, yeah, we're, do, we're, we're being disciples, aren't that's we? Very good, yeah. yeah. When we remember we structured our our gang after the principles and values. Yeah, the five we call it the five E's. Right, similar to what you just said. Yeah, evangelism. Uh, in, I mean, excuse me, envisioning, equipping, establishing, uh, Evan evangelism, evangelism, and exaltation. Exaltation. Right? So all that is kind of included in what you said, and uh, that's what we try to continue to build off the same thing. Absolutely, the same idea. So even though times change, and methods change, principles re remain the same. Yes. And they've stood the test of time all the way through the book of Acts, through mm -hmm. the times of Jesus, even to the Old Testament, they stay the same. And so this is exciting. I, I like talking about this stuff. Yeah, it's ex really exciting times. We're in the last days. The Spirit's going to fall fresh again. Absolutely. And he's already doing it. Absolutely. Now, you wrote a book, and um, we've talked about, uh, about our vision. We've talked about discipleship. We've talked about how God used you with this next generation. The title of your book is called, what, maybe you can give us the title of your book. It's called Descendants. Okay, and break that down. Yeah, it's a Descendants Continuing the Legacy of Hope and Faith. And Descendants, it has apostrophe around it, around the S on purpose, because of a couple of years ago, well, for a while I've been wanting to write a book, but right. then God gave me the title. Yeah. And it has to do with our promise in right. Isaiah 54, you know, right. um, you shall expand to the right and your descendants. Right. And so what I did is, is look back to the beginning, mm -hmm. how when I was born, I was a descendant immediately. Absolutely. Okay? Right. I was a descendant. So that's without the S. Right. Okay. And then through my ministry in my life, we've also had more descendants. And not only my life, my dad, my mom. Absolutely. They've had their descendants. So that's plural. Right. But so this book has to do a little bit with me mm -hmm. and my personal story, but also a lot to do with the generations past and the generation going forward. Right. I, when I hear the word descendants in the title of the book, it makes you think of our spiritual heritage. Yes. Because with being a descendant, you have a heritage that's yeah. passed on to you. And that's so important, right? Because uh, he who doesn't know the past uh, won't have direction for the future. Exactly. And I feel like it's so important sometimes. You know, the Bible... He, he, the Bible teaches us to look forward. You know, mm -hmm. uh, God always commands us to look forward, but the only time 
he commanded us to look back was to reflect on his goodness, his miracles, yes. his power. Mm -hmm. And we've seen so many miracles in our movement, haven't yes, we? Yes, we have. So even as you read the Bible in the Old Testament, descendants, descendant, descendants, like yeah. genealogy, all these genealogies. It was important to God. Right. To pass down and to name people. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So in this book, I'm naming people. Ooh. I'm naming people that are descendants. Wow. Of what God is am I, doing. Am I in them? You're in the book too. Oh, wow, that's You're pretty in the cool, book man. Too. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. I'm in the book. So you had to buy this book because the podcast guy is in the book. The podcast guy <laughs> made the book. Catch fire. <laughs> no, but it's it's important. And then what you said earlier yeah. about after Joshua. Yes. What happened? A generation they, did not know. Because they forgot. That's right. They forgot to listen to the command. Right. Remember, remember, remember. Remember right. what God did with Moses. Remember right. what God did with Joshua. Right. And when you're in an ease time or a COVID time, you forget. Well, you know, it's funny. I've been studying Joshua and just to get, not to get off track, but we look at him as a great leader, but he also failed in the end mm. because they did not transmit. That's true. They yeah. didn't transmit the vision. And I think that what we're saying is we don't want to make that mistake. That's exactly right. You know, yes, we've conquered territory mm -hmm. and we've taken land and we've, We've, you know, he says, he says, he says, as I was with Moses, I would be with you. Yeah. And we've experienced his favor, mm -hmm. but yet we could fumble the ball at the end if we don't pass it on. And that's why that's so important, this right. book. Okay. Absolutely. That's part of the purpose. I was just going to put it on the shelf, but God says, you got to do it now. That's right. And if you don't get it done now, we're going to miss an opportunity. And I look at it this way. You look at the, the, the Old Testament up to Malachi. Right. After Malachi, there was 400 years of silence. That's right. We don't want to have that gap in our ministry. No, no. Okay. We have Treasures Out of Darkness. We have my dad's books. But then there's a whole gap of history that's very important. And you can learn a lot from it. Right. People don't, sometimes they think history is not important. It's very important. Oh, if you don't know your history, you won't honor your now. Well, if you don't honor your legacy, you won't honor your now. And, and you surely won't protect the future. I think with postmodernism and with cancel culture, they would like to erase history and create their own history mm -hmm. and create their own pathway we're seeing that in the world today let me but give you an example though i'm mm -hmm. sorry to sure you. no okay one of the ministries that my dad was a part of years ago you know um, is yeah. should i name it <laughs> no <laughs> but there's a ministry. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway that was founded by a great leader right okay and they went we went to a wedding at one of those places right and they were we asked about the founder right and they they didn't know who he was they had no idea. Right, right, There was no right. pictures of him. There was nothing. Mm -hmm. And it was sad because yeah. the man was a great man of God. Right, right. And he was forgotten right. in the third generation. Absolutely. And so in our ministry, we honor our leaders on purpose yeah. and the legacy and the promises that God has given them Absolutely. and the vision right. to expand it and to build with that, right. with that in mind. And there's an anointing that flows. The anointing doesn't flow up, it flows down. And so the anointing that was on, you know, our apostles, our leaders, our forefathers, it flows down to us and then it flows from us down to the next yes. generation. And that's God's design mm -hmm. for the anointing and the heritage and the legacy. Yes. And that's powerful. You know, the book Descendants, and uh, when will it be released? It's going to be released uh, the, uh, the first week of July. First week of July. Yeah. Um, July 3rd ish, around 3rd. And yeah. I think everybody should get But the, we could get the pre orders now. Okay. Yeah. I think everybody should get this book. And everybody should read it and digest it. And don't just buy one, buy two. Give it yeah. to somebody. And if you're a pastor, you should buy in bulk. Yeah, but if you're a, if you're a, if you're a discipler, yes, you know I believe you buy a book you, for yourself. You give it to your disciples. But when people read this book, what do you want them to walk away with? 
I want them to walk away with a sense of promise. Mm. If God gives a promise, he'll fulfill that promise. Mm. I want them to walk away with a sense of confidence that if God's called you by name, you could walk in that confidence. So good. And that if you feel like an unlikely candidate, God could use unlikely people to do great things for God. That's it right there. I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. So the book, Descendants, is coming out in the beginning of July. It's going to be available everywhere that you yeah. could buy and books. And our world conference, too. And our world conference yeah. as well. So if you have an opportunity, or I think you should make an opportunity, get a hold of this book, especially you're part of the Ministry of Victory Outreach. But, you know, just talking to you about um, Descendants and the spirit of legacy, you know, um, another word that comes to mind when we talk about these things is commitment. Mm -hmm. And when, when you hear the word commitment, what does that mean to you? Well, I look back to, I, I was a baseball player. Right. I was so committed to it that I would literally, I didn't miss any practices. Right. Even from five years old. Right. All the way up to 19. Right. When I, when I eventually got called away from it. Right. Um, I didn't want to miss and I practiced more than the other kids. Right. In high school, I would run more laps. Right. I would do extra efforts yeah. because I was at a goal to be a winner and to make it to the major leagues at that time. Right. That was my dream. Right. So I gave my all to it. Right. I sacrificed more. Yeah. I, and I gave more of my time. I invested more time. Yeah. And I didn't do much homework, but I did a lot of work on the field. Yeah, right. Um, but it paid off. I mm -hmm. became better and better and better. And commitment is, is pretty much... Doing what you love and doing it well. Yeah, it's like a passion, right? A passion. It comes right. from a lot of passion. Right. And it drives you to be committed. Right. The hard part now is keeping that commitment when you lose your passion. That that's that's <laughs> uh, I was thinking the yeah. same thing. That's yeah. when it begins to dwindle, but then you begin to get too laxed and before right. you know it, you're off course. You lose I, your direction. I think people have a tendency to be committed to what they're passionate about, yeah. what gives them joy, right? Where they're seeing results. And I think um, you know, right now is a time where um a lot of commitments being tested mm -hmm. coming out of COVID and you know, the whole world shut down, you know, people kind of lost their sense of mission, lost some of them, <laughs> you know, lost jobs, lost loved ones. It's right. been a season of loss for a lot of people. Right. I think all of us have been affected in one way or another. I mean, all of us have been affected yeah. through COVID. What are some things that you can do to rekindle your passion and rekindle your commitment in the season we're in now? I think go, going back to your first love mm. on Jesus, going back to what he did for you mm. and going back to the day you got saved. When I reflect on the day I got saved, I can't, I can't not forget that. I can't forget that. That's so good. And then another thing, if you're called of God, which everyone is, if you don't know your calling, you need to find your call. Yeah. But when you know you're called, you know that you know, you go back to that. Yes. And even if you feel like quitting, you know that you love God and you're called according yeah. to his purpose. And that keeps you because you, you can't think of an option. Anything else I do is not going to be fulfilling because I know I'm going to be out of God's will. My oh, dad okay. said this one time. He says, it's more miserable to know that you're called and being out of God's will than a certain person that's never been saved. That's true. Because <laughs> they don't know. They're, They're blind. You're only accountable for what you know. Yeah. yeah. And so it's more miserable to be out of God's will. I don't want to be out of God's will. Well, what I hear you saying is something that I, you don't hear much anymore and that's the word gratefulness mm. you know the bible says in the last days people will be lovers of themselves haughty proud ungrateful mm -hmm. and i think it's in, in timothy yeah. it talks about that um how important is it because it seems to me that without gratefulness 
you'll disobedient never, you'll never, to parents. Yeah, yeah. You know, lovers of money ungrateful, rather than lovers of God. Ungrateful for everything. Having the form of godliness right. behind the power thereof. But just ungrateful yeah. for yeah. everything. Ungrateful. ungrateful. Ungrateful for everything. And yeah. it seems like that's the root, right? That's a lot of the root, too. I and mean, sometimes people don't acknowledge what what it took to get them where they're at. Yes. And they don't look like, okay, this this brick was built upon this brick to this brick to the me. Right. And I thank God for this. Yeah. I thank God for this. And I honor that. Yeah. And, and it gives you a sense of like, I got to make sure I continue with that, with the mm -hmm. same heart, with the same commitment, with the same right. passion. Absolutely. And, and even with our children, you know, we want them to see that we're being grateful. Yes. To those that have helped us. You know, as that old saying is, how, did, how, did, how does a turtle get on a fence post? Mm. You know, it doesn't get there by itself. Someone picks it up and puts it there. And I right. think every one of us have been picked up by somebody in place where we're at, whether it's parents or pastors or leaders mm -hmm. or, you know, partners in business. We, we've all received help in some way or another. I think where we lose it is when we forget to be grateful. Yeah. We lose that sense of gratefulness in our life, right? Even the command, the first command was promise, honor your mother and your father. Right. And you shall live a long life. Right. right. Absolutely. And a lot of people die early because they never honored. <laughs> Very true. But, you know, it could be that. But at it's the same a link. Time, I think there's a link. There's a link to that. But there's a, a promise with it. Not just in your natural life, but your spiritual life. Right. Absolutely. Honor your mother and your father. Yeah. You know, spiritually, too. I'm excited to read the book. I'm excited yeah. about this book. And um, I'm excited to buy it myself. <laughs> buy, buy your own <laughs> book. Yeah. Um, uh, when people read the book and they begin to digest it, um, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, how can it help people in ministry? I think it's going to help quite a bit because there's certain principles in there, mm -hmm. certain methods right. that could still work today. Right. You know, absolutely. I mean, maybe in a different way. Right. But also thinking big. Right. Like God could do big things in this generation. Right. Mega things. Right. Absolutely. You know, with yeah. evangelism. Yeah. With, with uh, your, the gang exploding, the gods of the now generation right. in our local settings, our yeah, local absolutely, churches. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we call it the third wave. It's a move of God, but the gang still is moving with that. That's the staple right. in the ministry. Right. Um, and so I think you can learn a lot from my experiences yeah. and the experiences that I put in the book of others. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Yeah. Like you have stories of other people that have, yeah. that have uh, been doing ministry that have had breakthrough, yes. experienced success in certain areas, and uh, are still going at it and yeah. still going forward. And well, a lot of the people from our generation have the largest churches now. Okay. Big outreach. Okay. And I think we can learn a lot from them. Too. Okay. Yeah. And you're yeah. one of them. Well, it's exciting to be able to uh, be part of it, and uh, you know, I I want to just tell you how grateful I am for you, man, and mm -hmm. uh, all these years, you know, going forward, still innovating, still pushing writing books now yeah um i i know there's probably more books to come right yeah i'm praying for that too i have some ideas for the future yeah man well we, yeah. need, it. we need it man we gotta we gotta write the vision and make it plain on tablets yes. so yeah um but is there anything you would like to say to the viewers before we close let me just say this to you before sure um i thank god for my wife Amen. yeah she's been a partner a friend a confidant and a prayer warrior when i needed it the most yeah you know and I think you do too with your wife. Oh, of course, you? absolutely. I mean, yeah. You've been married over twenty five years now. Right? Yeah, twenty five years. This years year, twenty five. For years. me, it'll be twenty three years this year. Yeah. We made it. We can't do it alone. That's right. We need a partner, That's and right. we're married to one wife. That's right. Not multiple. <laughs> Not multiple wives. We made it, man. We, we're going, we're going forward. I, you know, we have I have five kids. You have what, four. Four kids. Four yeah. kids. And yeah. Serving God, and I'm grateful for that. So, to talk to the people. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a leader, keep moving forward. 
you're called by God, don't forget that God loves you and he's called. He's called you according to his purpose. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared beforehand. And you are his work of art. Don't look at yourself in a down way anymore. Stop having that pity party. Get up and get out of that cave. If you've been in your house too long, go to church. <laughs> Come on. Go somewhere. Do something. Stay off the internet all day and go. Do something for God. God has called you to rise up now and do what he's called you to do today. And I want to encourage you. If you're discouraged, shake it off. I've been there. We've all been there. But we don't stay down. We get up again. We get up stronger. We move forward. So catch the vision for your life and catch the fire at the same time. That's it. And I'm excited, man. World Conference is coming up. Yeah. Thousands of people from around the world. It's coming up real soon. You're going to be speaking. Yes. It's going to be powerful. The book's going to be available. We're yes. going to be hearing some other mighty speakers during that week. We're all coming together as a Victor H family. So awesome. if you haven't registered, get to World Conference. It's going to be an Anaheim Convention Center. It's going to be it's awesome. It's going to be for the whole family. For the whole family, uh, your children. It's going to be really, really good. Sonny, thanks for coming on. Catch fire, man. Thank you. Will, you. will you come back? Of course. Next time we'll talk about baseball. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about the Dodgers. <laughs> and make sure, you, make sure you pick up the Descendants book. And also be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Share the podcast with somebody. You got a lot of people also tuning in with their life groups yeah. and, and sharing it with friends yes. and getting around the TV, getting around the computer yeah. and tuning into these podcasts. So thank you. Subscribe, leave a comment, and thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.